Hello and welcome to The Green Room, a podcast brought to you by the Newtown Players in Lexington Park, Maryland. My name is Jay McCulka and I'm usually the podcast recorder, but I'm going to be your host for this episode. Um, so full disclosure, this is going to be the third time we've recorded this episode. We've had plenty of growing pains, if you will, and learning about how to record and how to not record a podcast in this digital world. Um, so unfortunately, due to some unforeseen circumstances, Ms. Stacey Ustrink will not be able to join us for this episode, but she'll be back very soon to share her greatness with everybody. So um, I will say, I am happy to say that throughout this process of recording uh, the episode, the multiple times that we have, I've met such an amazing individual that has, a, a, I can't even say, a, just a, such a range of talent that I've learned very quickly about. Um, she's one of the most patient people I've ever met, uh, given all of the issues and unfortunately all the stuff that we've gone through. She's been super understanding and has been willing to work with us throughout everything in this whole process. So before we even get started, I just can't thank you enough for uh, <laughs> for just working with us. And um, But in addition to all that, she's also one of the most interesting people that I've met. I will say when I first met her, she was I was immediately just completely just I don't even know the word. I was just so amazed by everything that she has to offer and she was talking about. So I'm so excited for you to get to know her. Um, so without further ado, um, I just want to introduce to everybody Shamika. Hi, how are you doing, Shamika? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been a pleasure each time that we've had a chance to meet. Yes, yes, I do agree. <laughs> so um, just getting things kicked off, uh, just tell us about yourself and what you do. Well, my name is Shamika Renee, and I am an actress and a makeup artist, a costumer, a cosplayer, and a historical interpreter. Perfect, perfect. All right. So um, given everything that you've done, um, I've been told through the grapevine, meaning specifically Stacey Ustrink, that you were involved, of course, with us, the Newtown players in the past. Um, so can you give us a brief rundown of how you were involved in our theater and the, possibly even a brief history of how you have become involved in theater as a whole, both on stage and backstage? Well, I've always loved theater. My parents called me a little ham when I was growing up. But when I got out of the Air Force, I wanted to pursue the artistry and mm -hmm. creativity of being in theater. I kind of fell into makeup artistry um, through working with a friend of mine who is a photographer. Mm -hmm. And from that, I went to a couple of um, makeup classes and got involved with Port Tobacco Players. And then through Port Tobacco Players met people like Stacy um, mm -hmm. down in Newtown Players. And I have done makeup for a flea in her ear mm -hmm. and um, hair and makeup for hairspray. Actually, I did hair and makeup for a flea in her ear as well. And I also played Mrs. Muller in Doubt the Parable. Hair, so was Hairspray the one at PTP or? No, it was the one at Newtown with Stacy. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I, there was Hairspray in all kinds of locations. So just yes, I, I have, I have done hair and makeup for Hairspray at a couple of different locations, but not at PTP. But Newtown Players, Rockville, and a couple of friends who were doing 
um, high school and college productions. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, I love uh, like I did. So it's amazing to hear that you're in the Air Force because I I wasn't in the military, but my (laughs) uh, father was in the Navy. So for my entire Ah. life, I've been involved in um, that military lifestyle personally. And um, it's definitely um, it's all there's such a click, like not a click. I shouldn't say a click, a niche of there's going to be like there's like very many different types of people within the military community but the ones that i always like have a strong relationship with are those who are both artistic and from the military background because you can't get that combination of that type of person anywhere else (laughs) yes exactly and maybe that's why we clicked so well right yeah i agree 100 percent. so um let's see so through your work as a historical interpreter You've brought stories to people such in such amazing ways, like just from how you've um, talked about it in the, our few times that we've spoken. And in my opinion, it makes history just no matter what type of history it is, it makes the history, uh, I use the word tangible, like it's something that you can see, you can hear, you can touch. It isn't just mm-hmm. something you're reading. Um, and so it's for me, it's a lot easier to understand. Like I'm a person who works off of people, and that I, so I find that completely so commendable. And um, and you have such a wealth of knowledge. I will say, like <laughs> the amount of that you can go into such great detail about everything that you've talked about, and with such grace. Um, and it's just. The pu- so I I wrote here that um, even if the stories aren't pretty, which uh, you can get into why I say that, um, mm-hmm. I think that the way that you tell it brings a new perspective to people, which will help people understand multiple sides of the story, not just, and I find mm-hmm. that so that's an art in itself of being able to talk to people, especially people who might be uncomfortable with those because like given me being right. a younger white male like uh, I can't say that I've gone through the struggles of women any other race that isn't white anything like that so mm-hmm. it's like give people like you are much more like me having these conversations and everything and giving that perspective to people like me it's like I find that so amazing and um, it, it doesn't become, it isn't uncomfortable to me when people are able to have these conversations and very go down the line. And I find that so mm-hmm. something that I can't, I don't know. Like I, I wish I could say that I could do that in the future, but I, I there's <laughs> a very select amount of people um, that I feel that could do that. So um so can you tell us about what you do for your day job as a historical interpreter and how you bring that life to uh, and the history to life for everybody? Yes, certainly. So I work at the Akakik Foundation. I am the, the outreach specialist, mm-hmm. and I also portray a woman named Kate Sharper, who was enslaved during the 18th century in Prince George's County. So at the Akakik Foundation, which is on the sacred homeland of the Piscataway people who are still very active within the community, 
um, the foundation stewards the land, but they also host the National Colonial Farm. And we are across the river from Mount Vernon. So if you are standing on the back porch of Mount Vernon and looking across the river and you see all the trees, that's us, that's Akakik. Mm-hmm. And the family that we portray on site, the Boltons, is actually a fictional family that it was a middling class um, tobacco planter family that are based are based on 12 different families that we have records of. And so out of respect for some of those families, we've merged them together and merged their stories together and created a fictional family. But with Kate Sharper, we have documentation from their probate records, from inventory and from um, one of the wills that she was actually bequeathed in to the heir of her owner upon his passing. Um, we know her name and we know that she had a son, but that's all that we know about her. But to bring honor and respect to the fact that she was a living, breathing woman, we say her name and we have crafted a historically plausible story about her based off of slave narratives that we have found doing research that happened to many people within the same era, within the same regional area, but whose names have been lost in history. So we have their stories, but we may not have their names. And so to bring honor to their stories and their experiences, we have taken their stories and we combine them with Kate Sharper's name to to show and illustrate a fully realized person. It's one thing to read in a history book or to read an encyclopedia about people who were enslaved or their experiences. But when you come to a site and you're surrounded by historical buildings and you see someone dressed in clothing from the 18th century, we specifically portray 1770, and you hear someone say, my name is Kate Sharper and I belong to the Boltons. Mm-hmm. It it humanizes the people who have had their humanity stripped from them. Mm-hmm. And so it can be hard at times. There are many times I've left work feeling emotionally drained and psychologically tired. There are only so many times that I can say, I'm owned by the Boltons. The Boltons own me. My son was sold away before it starts to really affect you mentally and psychologically. But I have the the benefit and the privilege of being able to drive away and go to my home and not have to actually truly live that experience, but to be able to identify with Kate as a mother. Mm -hmm. How would I feel if that were to happen? And we do museum theater on site. We've done it in person pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, we have done recordings of our museum theater and we presented them through different presentations. And so in our story, we tell that Kate Sharper's son was sold away due to a um, failure of the tobacco crop one year. And in our story, he was sold away at the age of 12 and that was in our timeline, five to six years 
from the time frame that we portray. So we have actually created a almost a what if story or a what we would imagine what it would be like for Kate to be reunited with her son. And in those presentations, Kate Sharper's son, Jack, is portrayed by my actual son. So that adds an interesting emotional human layer to it. And when we do the portrayal and when we're live on site and able to say afterwards, when we have a question and answer session, that the young man portraying Kate Sharper's son is my actual son. It, it takes people by surprise. Um, he's a, he's a senior in college and he's a journalism and theater double major. So it's great experience for him. Um, all of my children have always been supportive. In fact, I started doing historical interpretation because of my son. When mm-hmm. he was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a part of his his schooling, but I didn't want to be that mom that watched the class while the teacher went and took care of personal business or made copies in the office for tests. But I told right. her that I was willing to dress as any historical figure and tell their story in first-person narrative for her students. And she said, oh, that's amazing. I'll take you up on that. And you know, when you meet somebody and you say, hey, let's get coffee sometime, but you never quite get together for coffee. So I I thought it was a situation like that till about three weeks later when she called me and said, so are you still willing to come and dress up as a historical figure? And I said, sure, of course. Who would you like me to be? And she said, Johnny Appleseed. Of all people. Of all people. So, <laughs> and I know this is a podcast and so this is not going to, this will be audio only. So right. For those in the audience who haven't picked up on the fact I am an African-American woman and Johnny Appleseed, whose real name was John Chapman, was not an African-American woman. He was a European-American man. But I, I put on an old shirt and cut off pants and I stuck a pot on my head and went to the class and the students bought it. And I... It was very clear to them, Johnny Appleseed was not a black woman. And they understood, they had seen illustrations and they had seen books, but they loved the fact that I put the pot on my head. And so they were all in. And she would ask, she asked me to come back that February. I did Harriet Tubman. And over the years, I came back each year. And one year she asked me to come back each week of February and present a different historical figure, which I did. And then the other elementary teachers caught wind of what was happening. And so I went to their classes and it ended up becoming a larger assembly. And over time, I realized that the historical figures that I was presenting were on their Black History Month posters. And so, and as the students were getting older and we were having the presentations, it was new to the new kindergartners but the now first, second, third, fourth graders mm-hmm. had heard these stories. So I had to to change them up. And it was eye-opening for me. And it was an opportunity for me to dig deeper into Black history and learning about people who are not often talked about and right. present those stories to the class like Bessie Coleman, Elizabeth Keckley, Madam C.J. Walker, and 
the teachers even came to me afterwards and said that I would teach them something new or, or make them want to look up who these women were because they either had barely heard their names in passing in school or had not heard about them at all. Wow. Oh, goodness. I, this is why I said that it's like you start. It's so amazing. Um, so I <laughs> want to bring you. up um, Black History Month because I quickly learned from Miss Stacey Ustrink that um, you do an amazing thing on your social media during Black History Month. Um, so one thing um, that you uh, one thing just before I get into more details, one thing that as you just touched on that you do is you like to bring individuals forward that haven't gotten much light, if any at all. Um, and uh, which in my opinion is extremely important because we don't need to have five people that have like they were they so specifically for Black History Month, there wasn't just Rosa Parks. There wasn't just Harriet Tubman. There like there wasn't those I can probably count on two hands how many individuals I learned about in school. And mm -hmm. there's such a huge population of people that did amazing things. And within the years of like, there's been like the media and stuff have gotten involved. But one thing that you do is that you, uh, like, oh, you, I just correct me if I'm wrong. Do you, you posted every day someone new? Yes. So in 2018, I started I, every day, I would post a photo of a historical person and then next to it, a photo of myself dressed as that historical figure. And I would, at first I would put the name and then I would list some of their accomplishments or I would post a link to more information about that person. In 2019, that ended up turning into a one-woman show that I wrote and starred in, Miss Stories Living History. And then this year, I've been posting the pictures and just putting the name to pique people's interest. If you know the person, still look them up and maybe right. there's something about them that you didn't know. Or if you've never heard of them, it'll give them the opportunity to do the research on their own and find out more about that person. I've been a little lax this year and haven't posted every day, but um, in 2018... I was, that's 28 <laughs> pictures. That's 20 days. Uh -uh. Yes. And in 2018, <laughs> when I started doing it, I, I started it and maybe about the third or fourth day we'd gotten into the weekend and mm -hmm. I was busy and didn't post a picture on that Saturday. And I received a text message from my mother asking, where's my post? And I said, what do you mean? She said, you've been posting every day. I've been looking forward to my post. And I said, mom, you're probably the only person that's worried about this, but okay, I'll, I'll post in a little while. I was busy. She said, all right, I want my post. Right. And so then later I was doing something and checked my Facebook messenger and I had a message from Stacy and she said, where's my post? Are you okay? No. I said, yes. Sounds like her. <laughs> exactly. I said, I was, I was busy doing it. She said, well, I want my post. I said, you sound like my mother. And she said, okay, well, listen to your mother. Give us our post. And then I received maybe three more text messages, people saying, where's the post? And so I realized people really were paying attention. I thought they were just scrolling past, hitting like, and just keep, you know, continuing on with their day. Right. And I think I got to about 
February 15th or 16th. And I was sitting in the living room and I said, oh no. And my one of my daughters was in there. She said, what's the matter, mom? I said, well, you know, I've been posting every day. And she said, yes. I said, and I realized I don't have 28 pictures of myself in these costumes. She said, well, I guess you better figure it out. I said, thanks for the help. <laughs> she said you got this mom and then she went to her room so i i figured it out and i ended up with 28 days of photos and let me tell you for february to be the shortest month february of 2018 was the longest february i had ever experienced because every day i was either trying to recreate a photo or find a photo that matched a historical figure and but from that, it allowed me to build my arsenal. I have a, a packet that I present to people and say, these are the historical figures that I have portrayed or can portray. But if anybody has any requests, if they hear about someone or if in their research, they run across a historical figure that is not on my list, I welcome it. And I ask people, please send me who you find so that I can learn about them and right. bring their story to life. And even now I still get messages and text messages and Facebook posts, Shamika, you should do this person or, or I'd love to see you do this person. Or sometimes they'll send me someone and say, I actually do them. And, you know, just hang on tight. You'll see them pop up. That's awesome. It really is. And it's, I definitely need to do more digging. I'll say when I, um, so you when you're talking about Kate Sharper, like I I was scrolling through your profile and seeing some things, but I remember mm -hmm. you saying in previous times that you said if you search Kate Sharper, your picture shows up, and 100. percent I you were the first. <laughs> there's multiple pictures of you, and um, one thing that I I just want to throw out there is that you look like a, like you look like yourself but you also look like a completely different person when you're in costume which Thank i find you. awesome like that's a, a like as a person who adores makeup myself as you already know um mm -hmm. it's all it's amazing to see a transformation of turning into another person because for me uh, with the small amount of acting background that i do have um and also being an extremely empathetic person where I like feel everybody's emotions. I feed off of it and everything for me to be in a good role. I have to be fully enveloped in the character. And one of the, mm -hmm. one of the things that I think helps me specifically, which I don't know about you, but I think if I was in your shoes in that situation, just looking the part would automatically snap me into that, like mental yes. which i can also understand why it could be so mentally draining and i like all of the emotional and that's really really awesome so yes i oh go ahead <laughs> um yes um exactly putting on the costume it's like putting on you know an old coat it, it's very comfortable it the minute i put on certain pieces the character just comes forth um, and I had concerns when I did my one woman show because I portrayed seven different historical figures in an hour and a half's time. And I was concerned that I would get mixed up in the story or I would say the wrong line or tell the wrong part of the of one story for a different person. But being a costumer and, and building in the types of quick changes that I needed to hit every single one of those characters, once one piece came off and another piece came on, 
that character just completely emerged. So the hair, the makeup, and the costuming really does bring to life that historical figure and and makes them come to the surface. And you're given these people a history that they probably never even thought that they would have. So mm-hmm. that's really, really awesome. So um, I so just moving forward, um, so how can people find you and the Akakik Foundation in the future to educate themselves on the amazing history and um, that you bring to us? Well, if you are interested in learning more about Kate Sharper, um, you can find me at the Akakik Foundation. We are doing um, a lot of virtual work right now. But if you go to www.akakeek.org, and that is www.accoekeek.org, you can see what we do at the Akakeek Foundation, um, the heritage breed animals that we have, information about the National Colonial Farm, information about Piscataway Park and the Piscataway people. And you can see what events we have coming up. Um, We're actually working on a series called Hear Us, See Us. We are more than one month, which will span throughout 2021. Mm -hmm. And there will be different presentations and panels, some lectures, some museum theater vignettes that will be talking about the importance of discussing history year round. Having right. the commemorative months are wonderful. It's like if you celebrating your family, you you share your love for your family and your friends every day when you see them. But you do a little something extra on maybe Mother's Day or Father's Day or their birthday or um, gift giving religious holidays that you may celebrate. So this is not to say don't have these commemorative months. But to talk about history all year round, in addition to having those special moments, if you are interested in talking to me about doing any type of presentation for any other historical figure that is not Kate Sharper, you can find me on social media at Shamika Renee on Facebook or yeah, that's it. That's the main one. Yeah, (laughs) that's the main one. I, I don't I don't do Twitter enough to I'm the same yeah I need to get better at it my children fuss at me all the time I like Twitter until it gets a little too racy and then I'm like I'll stay over here but yeah but yeah I fully understand um so perfect so I will say I it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you for sure it's i absolutely adore having these conversations uh especially with you i feel that we've quickly became like i don't know i i definitely know that fast friends immediately yes like exactly that. like i definitely know <laughs> that we're going to be friends very quickly and for uh, in the distant future so i yes. can't wait to finally meet you in person possibly do makeup or whatever and it'd be so much fun um so yes. um i will say so um once again thank you for being so patient i know that it's been <laughs> a process to get to this point but um they, i luckily we have hopefully worked out the kinks going forward and we can definitely <laughs> move forward with this and um hopefully people enjoyed you as much as i have and um i do really appreciate it so um 
Is there anything else you wanted to say before I do the end credits? Well, I just wanted to thank you all for having me and um, thank Stacy for always supporting me. I think next to my mom, she and my dad, she's my biggest fan. Um, but just to have me on the podcast to be able to share what it is that I do. And actually, the having the conversation with you this evening um, has been very, very encouraging. Some of the things that you were saying about how learning what I do has affected you and and touched you. I was always the kid. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching historical movies and TV shows. I loved the costumes. Little House on the Prairie was one of my favorite shows when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. but reading it in a textbook it was very boring. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that what I do to bring history to life touches people and gets them interested in history mm-hmm. is very encouraging to me. So thank you very much. Oh yeah, of course. Without history, we can't move forward and become better as just people and as a society. So a hundred percent. Thank you. Again. Exactly. So um, to close things off, uh, of course, we re- we need to recognize the people who made this podcast possible. Um, today, the podcast was created by the Newtown Players, of course, in Lexington Park. It's it's today was hosted by me, Jay McCulka, and is produced by Stacy Park and Kenny Faison. The podcast is recorded by me, Jay McCulka, as well, and mixed by Tim Joyce. The intro and outro music that you've heard uh, was created by Mr. Hunter Martin. And the easiest way to find our organization online is to go to our website at www.ntpshows.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go ahead and search New Town Players, and that's N-E-W-T-O-W-N-E players. Um, This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can find. And if you uh, have any interesting ideas or future uh, anything for future episodes, feel free to email us at podcast at newtownplayers.org. And that is Newtown with an E. So I want to go ahead and thank you again, everyone, for joining us and hope you have a wonderful day. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 